Hey everyone, Zach Dixon here, and welcome to our 40th episode of Animalators, curious conversations from the world of animation. Today on the show, we have Ian and Nick, the co-founders of Gunner, an incredible animation studio based in Detroit, Michigan. I have been in love with the work that Gunner has been doing, and they have an awesome roster of massive clients, including people like Google and Yahoo, but they've also found some time for some incredible self-initiated projects as well. Today, we'll be talking about why this started their studio in Detroit, uh, talk a little about their awesome studio project Mesh, which was recently featured as best of the month on Vimeo Staff Picks, and talk about some of the challenges young studios face and how they've been able to overcome them. I'm excited to get into all of this and more on this week's episode of Animalators. Well, Nick and Ian, uh, thanks so much for being willing to come on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. Um, so I'm a huge fan of, of Gunner, and I've been following you both since the Michigan Motion Buds days. And, um, and man, you guys have just been absolutely killing it. And I'm excited to kind of talk to you guys, hear about your story, and hear about all the work you are doing. So let's start with now. Tell, tell me a little bit about um, Gunner as it kind of sits right now. Like, what are you guys up to? Uh, what's your team like? Where are you guys at? All that, all that good stuff. There's uh, six of us now, so we've gone from two guys in a garage and uh, to like six people at like a legitimate table in I think a year and a half. So that's been really fun and exciting and scary and all you know all the things. Yeah, it's a lot more comfortable now than it was back in the beginning. Yeah, like just literally, like you're not in a garage anymore. It's comfor- more comfortable. Uh, yeah, well, actually, you know what? The garage was a little more comfortable because we would open it in the fall, Ooh. and it was awesome. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> we have these tiny little windows that barely open now, but it, you still get enough of a breeze. It reminds me of the garage days. <laughs> it doesn't smell awesome. like gas in here, though. <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about your your kind of individual roles right now. Um, do you both kind of act as creative director, or how does that kind of work? We haven't really defined exact roles. We just know that Ian and I are kind of like the overseers, both like story and design-wise. And I, I, I think Ian would agree on this, that Ian has definitely got an eye on design, and I have a little bit more of an eye on story. And just kind of, cool. we just, yeah, work together that way. Yeah. Nick's usually solving like some of our like huge problems, too. Because I think a lot of times we'll... I'll come up with something and be like, oh, this would be really cool. And then I'll, I'll kind of throw it away because I'm like, oh, it's hard. I don't know how to do that. I'll just say I know how to do. <laughs> and then I think Nick has always been really good at like stepping into that and being like, oh, no, no, there's totally a way to do this. We could do this and this and this. And we're like, oh, sweet. And so I think like that goes back to us freelancing together when we were just like, we would just kind of off and on collaborate on jobs. Yeah. And it was always like, we'd always get something that I think both of us were like, like more stoked than we would be if like one of us had done it. So mm. I think just trying to carry that like problem solving slash, you know, creatively solving things like throughout the, the company. Yeah. So in a way, like the, the ship has two captains, but 
they kind of like jump down and start pulling on the ropes with the other guys. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, is that something like, have you been able to like step away from the, the tools a little bit with, with your team growing and, and, or are you guys still down in the, in the weeds as far as like, you know, illustration and animation on every project? Still down. We're, we're definitely down in the, in the <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, I think we, we've kind of hired people to do the things we don't know how to do. So like the first thing was like, we were getting a lot of emails where we're like, I, we can't do this. Let's get someone to help email. Um, so we've definitely like pushed off business things oh, to nice. other people so we can keep working um, yeah what do those roles look like like do you have like a biz- business development person or like you are they kind of like your assistants or how does that work we kind of have like a, a bunch of people all in one with uh, a, a really dear friend of ours named brandon <laughs> and he's our project manager but he has like ten thousand hats and nice. he yeah he's basically like our producer our emailer our client interfacer Wow. And just general morale booster in the yeah. office. <laughs> Way to go, Brandon. Call the studio uncle. It, yeah, studio <laughs> uncle. <laughs> I love that. Uh, That's not amazing. Quite a mom. As far as like accounts and like bookkeeping and stuff, like that was like some of the first thing we did um, was like get an accountant. And, and so like we have like an offsite accountant that deals with like, you know, payroll and, and, and numbers and stuff like that. So we really try and like, keep our heads in, in the design and animation world. Nice. No, that's great. I mean, uh, and just let's jump into that really practical thing f- for a moment here. Like is, is, is on that accounting side, does he kind of help you guys know um, and, and plan for your, for your future and know like, you know, how much can we pay people and when can we hire someone new? Or is that something that you guys have had to kind of figure out on your own? <laughs> Uh, fake it till you make it, yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, I think we just ask her, we're just like, hey, if we brought in another person at this much money, would we be okay? And then she'll get back to us and be like, I think so. And we'll be like, okay. That's, that's yeah. kind of how we've done it that's so far. That's about as advanced as it gets. That's great, though. <laughs> it's nice to have that like outside, I don't know, the outside person who's like, letting you know if you're like making the right decisions though. Have you found that that's been really helpful? Yeah. Yep. Incredibly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Someone just to kind of like look over, you know, Oh, you guys spent a lot of money on food. You're like, Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for telling us. We had no idea. Actually like payroll too is like Mm -hmm. huge. Cause he's like, we just gather people's information and she just pays them. And it's awesome. We just basically just give her invoices from everybody. Um, that's freelances with us. But if you're on staff, it's just like, you don't even have to think about it. It just is automated because you have someone thinking about it all the time. <laughs> no, that's nice. Yeah. We, we have a similar service that, that does that too. And then they take care of all the taxes on the end of that too, which is like, yep. can be a little yeah. tricky. Uh, nothing that you want to like be worrying about. It's like make, making sure you do your, your employees taxes. Right. Apparently. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you're thinking about starting up a shop, like also think about getting an accountant at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. No, that's good advice. Well, sweet. Let's jump, let's jump back in time a little bit. Um, how did you guys get into this? How did you get into animation where you, did you both start? Like I, I want to be an animator, a, a motion designer, or did, did it start from something else? For me, it actually started when I was a little kid. I'll keep it super short, but I figured out that you could animate and paint. 
if I stuck uh, a piece of paper with a rectangle cut out in it, I found out how far it scrolls down and that be, kind of became my frame to frame. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I was just like hitting the down arrow and just painting, uh, you know, like spaceships exploding. And I just, I just loved it. I just, that's what I wanted to do. And I kept, I kept finding ways to do it. And now I'm here. <laughs> um, that's, man, that is a quick, that is a quick story. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I was gonna, uh, I, I was gonna go to school for watercolor painting. <laughs> uh, really? And then, uh, that's amazing. I was also doing like, yeah, it was, it was like a weird, yeah, it was like what I was doing in, in uh, high school. And then I was also doing like video editing and like shooting. And I think Nick was doing a lot of this too, you know, Andrew Kramer days, shooting, editing, and just like making little like fun shorts. Um, and I was doing that through high school. And then I landed a college internship out of high school doing editing. And that like kind of shifted my whole world. So I ended up never going to school and just kind of bouncing around and changing jobs and then kind of like found like, oh, you can like, not have to go on shoots. You can just make everything by yourself without anyone else. And kind of started doing, finding, you know, basically like fell in love with like animation and all that. And I think it's been like for Nick and I included, I mean, it's only been the last three or four years that we've really like pushed more down this like illustrative road of like storytelling without like text. Cause I, I think, you know, I speak for Nick with this, like we both come from a background of, uh, you know, end tags and uh, in all the, all the, the motion graphics tracks type, but yeah, motion graphics world stuff. So I think we've just constantly been like changing. changing so, I mean, obviously your studio is based in uh, Detroit. Is, is that where you guys grew up? Do you have family there? Around Detroit. A lot of people that say they're from Detroit are kind of like on this like outer ring of Detroit. So vaguely from Detroit, but only recently has it become this uh, very accessible place for you to kind of do whatever you want. And uh, it's actually really cheap to do it. So getting that's why space we're here. down here, that's why we're here. <laughs> and that's why we can take on more fun projects rather than... Uh, just trying to keep the lights on, which is a pretty awesome advantage. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Um, and I'd love to get, I, I definitely want to come back to that whole, like, you know, why, why you guys are in Michigan. But I, I understand that you both kind of, you both kind of left and went to a coast for a while and, and did some freelancing at a bunch of different studios. Could you talk about um, each of you that time that you um, spent freelancing out, out on, out in New York and LA? And yeah, what did you guys learn while um, you were freelancing? Uh, the biggest thing that you learn when you're in Detroit is that you kind of have to do everything yourself. And I think for both of us, we learned that as soon as you go to a studio, it's a whole group of people that makes awesome work. So for me, when I went out there, I just learned immediately that I don't have to be this person that's good at compositing and 3D and illustration and design. It's like you let everybody that is really good at what they do contribute in the same project and you just you just get this thing that nobody else can do on their own yeah i uh that's totally true because it's a lot of like um detroit's definitely a small city so it's a lot of like one man show stuff if you're here doing um you know working for certain shops so when i was in new york for two years and it was like just i got to work with 
so many talented people, so many awesome people collaborate with all these kind of people. And then traveling from shop to shop is like a great way to like, if you're a person who wants to start a studio, I feel like it's like the healthiest way to figure out exactly like what you like about a certain place or a certain environment or like, a, you know, just like, oh, this studio does lunches. This studio doesn't do lunches. This studio always sits at a table together. Like there's all these different like studio rituals and traditions. And, and, and I think like experiencing like as many of those as you can is like a great way to like, you know, find what, what like gives you the most energy and you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you guys, have you guys borrowed any kind of traditions from any of the studios that you freelanced at for Gunner? Probably totally. Um, uh, Nick was at LA book. I was at, um, New York book for a little while. And I think we like both of us like really liked that energy. Um, that that place kind of has a family vibe for sure. Yeah. It's, it's one of the least, it's the most approachable place to sit down and start working. Uh, and everyone around you is super talented, but it doesn't feel like, oh, you're not talented. It's just like, hey, jump in. Like, we're all in the same car, and we're going to a really cool place together. Uh, and we, I think, really wanted to create an environment that felt like you could sit down at the table, and you were a little intimidated by the body of work, but as soon as you started working with people, you just realized that uh, everybody's kind of after the same thing. That's really cool. Is there anything that you do specifically to kind of like foster that environment at Gunner? Uh, we all sit around a huge table. Nice. <laughs> the same one, <laughs> which is actually running out of room now. You're going to build, build another table and then, or are you going to extend your current table? I think we might cram for a minute. But it's nice because it, it, it doesn't make like a hierarchy of sorts. It's not like, oh, I got to go to the office to talk to my boss. It's like, well, my boss is sitting here stressing out about the same thing I'm stressing out. <laughs> so like everybody, there's just like a great camaraderie um, as far as just people working on things together. So I'm, I'm curious, like at what point did you guys realize that you wanted to start your own studio? Uh, you want me to take the lead on that one, Ian? Uh, yeah, I'd say forever for me, but go ahead. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been in the back of my mind too. Um, Mostly as like an insurance policy for like, all right, I'm going to get old at some point and I'm not going to be able to like keep up with the young guys. So I got to get good at business in some form. <laughs> uh, but uh, were you asking uh, when did we decide to start a business or just in general? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's, let's move into that then. Like how, how did you guys meet and, and at what point were you like, you know, we should start a business together or, and was there ever kind of a thought like I'm going to start a business on my own or were you kind of always looking to, for a team member to start with? Um, I met Nick at like this pretty crummy bar right before I left Detroit. And I, I think it was like the first time I met, cause we had a mutual friend that was like, Oh, you guys got to meet each other. Nick just moved back from LA, blah, blah, blah. And so we met and like, I think we just like started talking and immediately we're like, cool you get it i get it we're there's not a lot of people here that like kind of want this thing that we're shooting for we should definitely do something and then i think that that day nick was like i got a studio name it's gonna be called gunner i was like that's super rad i was like hold that thought. <laughs> hold that thought i gotta move to new york and so it was like this weird like all this energy like built for a second and then it was just like kind of all like we just like you know so I moved out to New York, so like everything kind of changed. Um, and then I think what sealed the deal is we kept doing like freelance projects together in between, you know, different jobs. And then 
all all of those projects were always like turning out really you know like better than either of us anticipated so we're like cool it's it's working yeah there's um there's definitely a difference between how ian works and how i work but we found almost right off the bat even in just conversation that like we just build off of one another so like if anybody's looking for a partner the best thing to look for is someone that can hear what you're saying see the same like little image in their head and then add to it and it just makes sense between the two people uh, and that is kind of like a rare thing because a lot of people you'll say an idea to and they're like I don't really I'm not getting the same image in my mind uh, with with Ian it was like it was like a bubble between our brains and <laughs> there was the same thing happening and we could just add to it like Play-Doh and it's like that's we have to keep going with that because that works so well yeah I love that That that's amazing and, and so like but I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. I, I mean, at one point, you guys were were strangers, and then and now you're basically like I don't know. You, you guys see each other every day, and and I think that like compatibility between you guys is is I don't know something that's super crucial to to creating a successful studio, which obviously you guys have. So that's pretty awesome. There was a good uh, relationship there, and like starting the studio isn't like because we weren't like. At like BFFs growing up or something, and have like all these mutual friends. We like we we really were totally strangers, and even our like our like friends groups were, were kind of separated, and and so it, it actually made starting it a lot less stressful because you're like, all right, well if this thing bombs, like it's not like I'm gonna, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's gonna go back to normal. Yeah, yeah, life will just go back to normal, and like so I think that like created like a really like open, easy relationship to just be like cool let's just do this uh and, and a lot less like you know like every your friends getting involved and you know the stresses of that L- less like starting a band more just like you know <laughs> doing a thing yeah no. <laughs> so at the beginning did you guys have any goals that you kind of like started out with and, and thought like this is where we want to be in, in a certain amount of time or or is the, was there something in particular you guys were going after with gunner uh, the biggest goal is to really kind of uh, make like a little blip for ourselves and for like this area as being just like a spot of excellence. So even if it's like, even if it's just pushing art direction and pushing illustration to a point where other people want to start improving themselves, like that's that's a huge goal because that's kind of been really hard to come out of Detroit specifically. Yeah, talk about that that kind of that kind of challenge like what what's challenging about it specifically uh just detroit's just never ever really looked at as a a center of excellence kind of like how la and new york is and like it doesn't even have to be detroit it could be any city in the world it's just kind of nice to be able to push work far enough to the point where people look at that area and go oh some cool stuff happens there like i look at canada differently because of giant ant you know um and I forget where MK12 was a long time ago, but it was like all these little places popping up suddenly just kind of changed how you look at that area. Yeah. I, and I think like you being in Nashville, you probably experienced this where like you lose jobs just because they like go to the coasts and you have these like this creative director mindset. that's like all the good work happens in LA or whatever. And I think Nick and I both worked in advertising here before we, you know, went to the coasts. And it was like that weird thing of like, as soon as you moved, now all of a sudden you're good. <laughs> you're like, Wait, what? <laughs> this is, yeah. That's ridiculous. I, like, and, I, and I think 
starting the studio is like uh, definitely it definitely has a little bit I think in us like camaraderie to be like yeah we're we're here we're good and we're <laughs> and then I think like the smaller agencies and stuff that are around here that reach us out to us now are like no sorry can't work on your work <laughs> <laughs> we're right next door and so like cool. starting out like I mean a couple challenges that are often associated with not being you know in one of those big hubs is um, obviously getting work and then also like finding talent like you guys obviously have uh, four other employees that um, work there in Detroit so that's two questions. Let's split that up. So first one, like getting work, um, especially not being in, in one of those hubs. How have you guys kind of, um, what, what has been your strategy in that regard? I'm actually going to flip what you said backwards okay. and say our strategy for getting work, uh, aside from uh, one other thing, has been always to focus on the art and the work uh, will, the artists will flock toward us. And if we can attract good artists, then we can start to attract good work. Rather than just going right after the work, uh, if you just start making waves in the artist community, you're gonna, those waves are gonna hit the people that you wanna hit. But a big part of the work that we have is like, I gotta say hands down, uh, it's just because of Ian's time in New York and him being such an eccentric personality that <laughs> everybody's been, pretty much calling like where did Ian go he's, like, he's in Detroit uh well, what's he doing over there he started a shop named Gunner all right let's go over there and work so it's been it's it's been that and working with those people and doing uh what we always do uh which is try our best at making great illustration and animation uh the word of mouth carries from those jobs and it just kind of keeps spreading yeah it's like to, we, it's, a lot of it's kind of the tree philosophy you know you do like a good project for this crew of people. Obviously, one of those producers quits. They move to a different agency, and then all of a sudden, that agency, like the, you know what I mean. As mm -hmm. long as you're like, yeah. yeah. And I think that we 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 talk about doing reps and stuff um, when we're slow and freaked out, and <laughs> but then it seems to be it seems to be mostly this kind of this tree effect, and we've kind of been seeing how far that'll take us. To be to be totally honest, we don't have all the answers. Yeah, luckily, like a lot of people move around really fast in New York and LA. So if you did like a really good job for somebody that works at this one major agency, chances are they're gonna get a different job at another agency, like within a couple months, and they just call <laughs> you back again, and you have a totally different body of work, which is really awesome. Oh wow! Okay, so you said a couple things. So I, I, you you said you have considered um, representation. Can you talk a little bit uh, about that? And maybe um, like, is that something you're entertaining for the future, or are you, you guys going to stick it out as kind of I don't know, independent? Is that the right word? Um, yeah, I, we go back and forth. I think like there there's a, I mean like this year was an interesting year. I think like it definitely slowed down for a lot of people. I think I can I can everyone can kind of attest to that. It's so, like in those moments you're like, are we are we stupid for moving to Detroit? Like, are we like not on anyone's map right now? Like, what, what is this a bad idea? And so we, d we definitely have like those fears. And I think that like starts to entertain that rep thing. But then at the same time, like, you know, we're, we're, we're crazy busy now. And, and the, so it, it's, it's like the, I guess it's just like one of those things of being in a service industry where you, you're kind of always a little, a little scared. So yeah, may, maybe, I, 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 get, I don't know. Yeah. I keep talking to people yeah. about it. Everyone has a mixed review on that, so. 
I know. Yeah, I, I think reps I that reps are the the most uh, interesting when it's like, what kind of different work can you bring? I guess, uh, at least from my point of view, that's how I look at it. It's like, who do you know that could just bring like this really cool job in? Um, because as far as like the sheer amount of work that the studio can handle, at, like once we get past three jobs in house, it's kind of like stop we can't can't take it anymore (laughs) because we don't have a huge freelancer pool in detroit so it's almost like oh you hit the you hit the max uh (laughs) so we just which is cool because we get to filter out to like kind of what we view as uh as the cooler more fun exciting jobs no totally so yeah let's let's talk about that for a bit you you kind of mentioned the kind of the fear of of being slow and then like I, i feel like at least in my experience it's like you know, you're either like you're slammed, you're like, oh my gosh, how in the world are we going to get all this done? And then there's like that side of the fear. And then all of a sudden it's like, in your, in those moments, you're almost wishing for like, ah, I wish it would like let up a little bit. We're so busy. Like this is exhausting. And then all of a sudden it does let up a bit. And then you're like, well, shoot, like, we, you know, we, we employ four other people, like they need to get paid. Like we need to get work. And you kind of like teeter between these two points of it's like different worries, I guess. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and kind of how you've, you've dealt with those, those kind of thoughts and, and fears? Uh, I think what we do to just find a balance between the two is to always keep working no matter what. So it could be like a side project that we have running through the studio at all times or, um, just like little Instagram posts or whatever um, to kind of boost up morale. Because like the work is out there. And as long as you're doing really good work, it still always seems to attract it. If you stop, I think that's when work really stops. Mm. Just got to keep keep swimming, I guess, right? Um, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's kind of the way to do it. It's just, I mean, keep making, keep putting out the, yeah, like any like, freelancer will tell you this like keep putting out the kind of work that you want to do you know what i mean so i think we just if, if there's downtime it's like it's not like all right cool long lunches for everyone it's <laughs> yeah. definitely like all right sweet like we got time like what can we make um and you know nick and i might be in the background of that like going oh boy we need to get some yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like for the most part like everyone's moving so that that's like important yeah. So let, let's talk about some of those kind of fun downtime projects. I mean, obviously you, you, um, I mean, you, you put out a lot of images and, and fun, smaller things on Instagram pretty consistently. Um, but then you also have bigger projects like mesh and things like that. So, well, yeah, let's, let's kind of start with mesh and talk about that. I love the piece. It was, it was gorgeous. And I, I think about it a lot and I've watched it a bunch of times and, um, it even seems to kind of like stand out from your other work a little bit stylistically with the kind of, kind of 3d elements uh, that are in it so yeah th- talk a little bit about that one how did that one kind of start out uh, that was pretty much like the best representation of ian and i partnering up to start something uh it was like ian came from way more of like an illustrative background and i kind of came from more of a, a cg 3d background and we've always just found a lot of a success in just mixing the two actually like just mixing any few mediums together always seems to result in something that you didn't expect. Um, so at the time I had been messing around with photo scans of just, just whatever random things from like family trips. Uh, and I was showing Ian one of those and he's like, ah, oh, it'd be so cool if there's like a little guy in there just kind of, and then of course we went right back into that bubble and we're like, yeah, what if the little guy had like a dog and you know, <laughs> 
there was multiple little fragments and, and the whole thing just pretty much spawned itself but it was a it was completely a 50 50 true collaboration mm, that's awesome but you got i mean you quite the quite the list of like 2d animators and cell animators on it too like it wasn't just just the two of you too so like how did you kind yeah. of bring in the rest of your team i mean nick really laid the groundwork for it I, we i actually shot a video of him acting out the whole thing and oh, yeah. <laughs> we he did like a 3d animatic timing over top of that and the timing actually didn't change like right up until the final it's just it's actually just all cut to <laughs> nick going boing boing <laughs> like like with his like little fingers playing it's it's ridiculous but it was the best way to like kind of just like feel the timing and we and i think that was a concept where we were like that bubble theory that nick talks about like we really wanted to like just extract an idea straight out of that bubble like as best we could so like acting it out was like act out whatever's in your mind and we'll just make the video on top of that and that'll be like that'll like make <laughs> it feel like it's an imagination thing uh, and then yeah people we had an amazing intern that like Rachel that's with us now that was just like crushing it um, on that Josh helped out a bunch, and then yeah just I think when it was in its animatic stage everyone started jumping in. Yeah, we just we quickly realized it was kind of a bigger monster than than we anticipated, and we're like, oh man, we don't really know how to sell anime, but that's how this thing needs to happen. Oh wow, uh, so that was like your first adventure into sell. Kinda. That's amazing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I've worked with a lot of like sell elements before and done a little bit of sell. I think we've both done like our our like hand at sell or like comping sell, but that one was like one where like. Whatever the 3D did, depending on what the cell did, depending on what the 3D yeah. did. So it was like the, we had to figure out like the back and forth there for a little while. But uh, Nick blocked it, and then we gave it to some cell animators, and then they drew over top of it. And then I, Nick went back in and like retweaked the block, and then they did drew the finals on top. Yeah. One thing that we always kind of kept in the back of our minds is like as though it was like a really technical experiment of you know how to get cell to play in a 3d world uh ultimately we always wanted it to make sure that it had some kind of staying power as far as storyline so uh we never lost sight of that and ian and i worked together a lot of like how to make it just like an approachable short and even if it wasn't 3d even if it wasn't cell if you watch it in any medium you'd still go okay uh this is cute <laughs> uh and it's really just about a guy that loses his dog on accident, and then it's all about the reuniting that happens when they finally see each other again. And that was always super important to kind of keep roped in was the story. Did you like set out like you know take a, a a chunk of studio time to do it, or was it kind of like everybody just kind of pouring in some time when they had it? We kind of call that the the undercurrent of the studio. So there's always there's always a job down there. Yeah. So when people free up, that's like the first thing they can hop on. Um, obviously, some people are more attached to it than other people, so like it's kind of a work on it as you want. Um, Nick poured like a ton of extra labor into it, but yeah, it's like it's you know, jobs out. You're like, all right, cool, that's good, and you're good, and this is good, and it's like, cool, I'm gonna work on mesh. Nice. How long was mesh an undercurrent of Gunner? Months. Right. <laughs> Probably a year. Yeah, but there'd be like there'd be chunks where it was like one shot would be getting worked on for like, you know, a month, 
and then there'd be blocks of time where like a month would have everybody on it. Yeah. That makes me feel so much better about my life <laughs> hearing you say a year. Cause it's like, man, we've had this short, like running for so long. And I'm like, I feel like everyone else, like other studios would have this done by now. And I'm like, okay, good. Yeah. It takes so long. Any, yeah, like anything that's not like someone isn't asking you for. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. That, and it's like, it's really at the whim of like your own personal, uh, taste and eye so you just see so much wrong with it when there's no deadline so you're just constantly fixing um we have like a mantra in the studio which actually sounds like kind of scary but it, it's it's kind of not but it's no bad frames yeah i love that um but the, the whole idea of that is that it's not that the frames are wrong it's just like if you were to pause on any frame it should look great uh, there should be no like you know little fragments of things that were kind of being covered up that you don't really see in animation because I think the brain kind of sees everything uh, uh, in a way. Um, so that one definitely had a lot of no bad frames love put into it, which is just a time-consuming process. That's awesome. Yeah, and it totally shows in your work too. Like every, it just it, it it comes out and and it's very apparent that you guys put a ton of detail and uh, love into every frame. Oh, um, thanks. So let's let's talk a little bit about your 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 process when a when a, a job comes in. I mean, you had mentioned that you both kind of oversee story together, um, and obviously you're leading your team. So so when a project comes in, do you guys kind of brainstorm together, like and write a script together? Is that kind of open to the whole team? Yeah, I think just about anybody that wants to contribute usually can. It's kind of like the louder the voice usually means the more you care about it. So we try to let those those voices come through stronger than than uh, someone that doesn't really understand the concept. Uh, yeah. So what? How does that? Do you like you know you get off the client call like hey we got this job with Google or something? Um, do you guys have like a meeting where you all get together and you kind of you know present the the goals that the client has or does that exist on something like Basecamp or or any kind of collaborative tools? Uh, no, just like a little kitchen table meetup and then kind of figure out like if a new job like like something just came in today and we've got Marcus who's like a, a savant basically. <laughs> uh, He's like really passionate about it, really into it. And so, I mean, he's like, uh, do you want to work with this other illustrator on it? And he's like, yep, cool. And so it, it, his energy about it is like super apparent. So it's just kind of like, all right, there you go. <laughs> You're leading this. So see, have fun. Yeah, like the worst case scenario would be like a creative director that doesn't care about it. And you have someone like Marcus who is super passionate about it and a creative director just kind of puts a lid on them. And like, that's something we would never do. Uh, so we just always encourage anybody that, that is super passionate about it to just step forward and like, Hey, yeah, let's do it. I'll follow you. Like, uh, in a way, uh, anybody can kind of become the boss, uh, depending on how, how much you have passion for it. I mean, a lot of times there's like, there's obviously everyone has their like specialty, you know, and so, like, if it's super, like, super, super clean graphic and, and, and like, a whatever, like, a lot of times, like, I might jump into that, that. Or if it's, like, it's got a technical problem that we need to figure out and solve and, and it might require some 3D, Nick's going to obviously be the, like, wingman on that. Or, like, we just, like, let the strengths of the studio kind of play into things. Um, and, and then, you know, you know man, manage everything as best we can after that. So like when a, when a project comes in and I mean, obviously everyone on your team has different skills. How do you kind of, 
I mean, you had mentioned like, you know, you, you follow kind of whoever's passionate about something, but how do you kind of take in mind the, the talents and, and kind of skills and styles of, of all of your team? Yeah, um, I, I think everyone's pretty honest about like who should be, you know, leading what generally. And then mm, I think nice. at the same time, I mean, we clash heads for sure. Let's like be realistic. But like if you are getting to a point where it's like, you know, one person's got like, ah, it's got to be like this. Another person's got, ah, it's be like this. It, like you can sometimes just like let the client decide that fight. Or oh, you can yeah, kind yeah. of uh, like Nick and I can kind of like, you know, assume dad role and be like, eh, it should be this. Um, so, you know, that, that, that comes up from time to time. But I think everyone's usually pretty like, okay, cool, I'm on this. And, I'll, you know, we kind of know where at this point with the, the team so small at this point, we kind of know where to position people. But at the same time, you know, it's cool. To like, like there's been certain jobs where people like come out of nowhere with something or like, and basically everyone at the table that was kind of like cranking on something is just put to shame and they're like, okay, we're doing that now. <laughs> so, you know, letting those moments happen, I think is important. Yeah. So moving forward, what, what's kind of the plan? Do you, what's the, what, what is in store for the future of, of Gunner? I think it's always to try, uh, obviously, to top ourselves and to uh, just always surprise and come up with projects that just get people inspired um, in, in a way that a lot of projects inspire us. I think that's why a lot of people are in this is because you kind of want to like see the day where you throw something out there and people respond to it. And uh, you ultimately... <laughs> one of the biggest compliments is when you see someone that comes out with something months later that vaguely looks like something you did and you're like damn that's awesome because whatever we did just like set in someone's mind as a really good idea it's a really addictive feeling uh, to go after and it, and it always leads to uh, to good things that is a, that's a nice perspective on that as well too do you ever feel like you're being you're being ripped off or do you just always try and like roll with that as a as a as a huge compliment which i think it is yeah i think we roll with it cuz i don't know i mean people do get like pretty upset about that stuff but i feel like we're so done with that idea but if we do see we've only seen it a couple of times but if we do you know you're like oh cool i mean that's like and i think i think admittedly like we're all guilty of it like you're watching kind of all the same stuff. And so like, just because one thing is a more of a cup, I don't know. It's a, that's a tricky thing. Yeah. We don't get work. I don't really look at it. It is. Yeah. I don't look at it as being ripped off unless they like literally come in here and steal one of our computers. <laughs> but, I don't know. We're all inspired by a lot of very similar things. It's bound to happen, but um, it's a huge compliment when it does. Everybody gathers around and we all watch it. We're like, this is crazy. This is <laughs> This is so cool. <laughs> but I think that has a lot to do with us being so small and not quite so competitive because we haven't turned into like a grizzled old mean monster. Uh, we're kind of like a, a fresh little hatchling and we're just like proud to see that we're making some sort of a wave in the industry. Oh, yeah. So speaking of, of inspiration, uh, it sounds like we were talking a little bit uh, before we, we started recording about your space um, and kind of like, it seems like you guys have a pretty unique setup over there. Uh, so could you talk a little bit about your setup? Yeah, totally. Um, because Detroit space, you get a lot of space, <laughs> a lot more space than, than you need. And we're in an old, uh, an old elementary school that was abandoned prior. Oh, wow. We're in a we're in the old home ec room, 
and it's like 1600 square feet, just like one big room. Um, and then, and then there's also, it's, yeah, it's massive. And then on the other side, down the hall in another classroom, we have like 850 square foot space. Um, and so like, we're somewhere between like a company that's like inside of, I I know I made mention to like pencil factory, but like basically like a collaborative art space with a business that lives inside of it. So Gunner is basically this giant table in the middle of one of the rooms, but on the sides and in the other rooms, there's other like illustrators and animators that are renting space. And, um, and it's been like an amazing experience because it feels like there's 12, 15 people working here. Um, but we're actually, you know, just kind of amongst all these people. And then, uh, it's helped us out for like, Hey, so-and-so want to pitch on this? Do you want to pitch on this? Do you want to go to this? Like, so we have like a painting room and we have a little conference room and like another like little art space. So it's like, it's, it's like a, anytime you want, you can kind of get up from your desk and like, go look at something that's like totally outside of your world. Yeah. Uh, From like painters to programmers to just all different kinds of things that you have no idea how to do. It's just sitting around you, which is awesome. You just turn around and be like, poke. Hey, uh, how how do I do this? (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Another kind of cool thing about it is some of the guys that, uh, rent space currently, are also remote freelancers for LA and New York, which is kind of neat uh, because oh nice, yeah we just kind of like take care of them while they're working for what you could quote unquote call some of our competitors I think yeah yeah uh, it's all it's all friendly but it's it's really neat to kind of have like part of the whole industry off in the corner of the room yeah <laughs> it happened more than once. It's it's also like inspiring for us too because if you if someone's freelancing on a project for another studio and it happens to end up like inside our walls, we're all like, "Oh, that's so dope! Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we gotta get better, man. We gotta like <laughs> the table," um, which is like yeah, like that healthy like kind of competition. So you had mentioned you mentioned pitching just a, a, a few minutes ago is that like more internally like getting like some people's take on projects that you guys are working on or do you guys do a lot of of pitching uh to get work we don't pitch a lot um i guess we don't get the opportunity all the time either so a lot of our work is direct client a lot of times like you know people just have, have i don't know that whole world is changing I'm, I'm not sure where where everything is going with pitching but Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. And then I guess when I was referring to pitching earlier, I kind of mean like pitching styles and directions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, let's come up with a few looks that might be like after we have the job or before we have the job. But um, pitching's weird. I don't think we've like gone after a client yet. Um, It's almost like we kind of let who likes our work come to us because then they know exactly what they're going to get, which is a huge advantage throughout the whole process of making something because it's it's never like well i thought you guys were like something totally different so with that in mind do you have a lot of people that come to you and are like i like this thing you did for google like can we get something like that and then do you do you find yourself like trying to like oh but like what if we did this um yeah like could you talk a little bit about that because that, that happens to us all the time it's just like oh we want this thing you did for this client and like 
because that's easy, right? It's like the easy thing. Like I can imagine this for my brand or, or my company. And so I don't know, do you ever, do you ever run into that where you kind of have to overcome like your past style and, and, um, which can even sometimes lead to, to getting into a rut, I think creatively. Yeah. I think, I think we've actually been kind of, now that we have a body of work that we've been building the last two years, uh, it's, it's definitely happening more and more where we're getting jobs based on our previous work. But I think we always try to keep that in the back of our mind to take what we did, take what the client is, because it's always different from what you did it uh, for, for someone else, just contextually. Um, so you shape it in favor of the client, and then you always just try to add something new or like throw something in there that we don't really know how to totally do yet. Anytime you introduce some kind of problem like that to solve, you always have to come up with a creative way to do it, and that always just changes the scope of the project. So, we definitely have a look and aesthetic that we want people to come to us for, but the spectrum that that reaches can it varies quite a bit. So we always try to operate within that spectrum, just to remain consistent and look like we don't just we just don't do everything, you know. But I think the day that we release another piece that looks just like a last piece is going to be like a good reminder that we need to shake it up and, and kind of just move on from mm-hmm. some styles that we're used to. I think, I also think like you're bringing up mesh and stuff, like mesh actually helps with that because it's so freaking weird that no one wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which is actually. Got people to ask about us, but not pigeonhole us into anything because they're like, "I love mesh. Don't get me wrong. Don't want to do anything like it." And that's like <laughs> usually how the conversation starts, and it like wow. it's like helped us get into other works. Like I, I hope that we can. I hope that's not a one-time thing of like releasing something that's like maybe stylistically not something that's easily branded, but like you know attracts the right type of clients, and then they like let us do experiment some other way or try something else so i i think putting out things that maybe aren't client friendly might be a good way to go about it too i i mean all this information coming from two idiots who are like a year and a half through this process so (laughs) great assault with all this stuff no totally and i love that it almost like brands you as someone who is able to experiment and come up with something new and i don't know i think that can be a great place to start um, with a client as like, you know, these guys clearly know how to, to make fresh stuff. And like, we might not want that specific brand of fresh, but like we want to see something new. And, um, yeah, I think that sets you guys up in an awesome way to make some work that looks really original. And speaking as far as like trying to go after something original, I mean, you mentioned earlier that like we are all watching the same stuff. We, we all subscribe to stuff like, you know, Motionographer and Wine After Coffee. And we, we kind of are all being served the, the same diet of inspiration. Uh, do you guys do anything to kind of break out of that at all? Old books. Old books. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think uh, Marcus, one of our, our, our guys, is always bringing in weird old books. That really helps. Um, I think having, like, we have a traditional painter who paints in just not not on our staff but like in the studio space that we work in so i think like that is always because he's like oh check out this uh john singer sergeant book and you're like whoa like you're never gonna like being in the motion world you aren't gonna like go after that stuff but if all that stuff is kind of like laying around 
or being referenced or talked about, I think it kind of influences us and we're like, oh, what if, you know, in our world this or, yeah. So I think that's, I think that's how we, how we're looking for inspiration these days. Yeah, that's awesome. So we try to end each show with the same few questions. Um, so you, you can both answer in individually on these. Who? So the first one is, who is your dream client? Man, that is such a tough one. Some uh, us, I guess us. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's really fun executing our own ideas. That's almost kind of like the the best thing maybe you can like do. A, maybe like a weird trust fund kid who's just like make me, <laughs> make me things for my TV. And we're like, sure. <laughs> uh, what do you want? And he's like, whatever. But it's due next Thursday, <laughs> and I'll pay you gobs of money. That would be sweet. Yeah, that'd be uh, really cool. It feels like almost every big brand client out there has been so well covered and so well spoken for. You just almost, you almost got to find something else to, to give you that satisfaction. Um, but all of our clients that we've had in our house have kind of been our, have been dream clients. Like we never thought that we'd be sitting in Detroit working on Google work or, uh, you know, a few of the other clients that we can't really mention. We, uh, did is just every client's kind of a, a yeah. dream we've client. Had, we've had a good. I mean, everyone we've been working with has been like really awesome people. So it's it's been incredible um, working with good people, working for great people. It's been it's been a really good experience so far. So I, yeah, I, I think, I think like, it, it boils down to a personality type. I think our dream client is someone who has like massive respect for art in the industry and is super excited about an idea and that could just apply to anything and any client and if that was nike or if that was cartoon network or if that was anything if some guy came or girl or whoever uh came up to us and was just like i have this idea i'm super excited and i love your style and i love these mood boards it's like boom dream client done yeah that's awesome all right next question your favorite animated film <laughs> Uh, not easy yeah not easy ones animated film uh, i'm gonna have to go with uh, is it lame to say Coraline? i'm gonna say Coraline. no that's solid i don't know what that is <laughs> have you ever seen Coraline? Ian? i don't i don't i this is the worst question for me i am so bad about watching movies <laughs> um i'm the resident no movie watcher here so i'm trying to think of I'm just li- trying to list ones that I have seen and see if any of them are good. If you like 101 Dalmatians, that's pretty good. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. The backgrounds are amazing. Yeah. All right. Next question. What do the people you love think that you do for a living? Um, any, any good stories there? Maybe extended family or something that um, our, our poor extended family that have to... What do you understand mean? Like what Pixar? we do all day. <laughs> yeah, man, that's funny. That's a good question. Uh, man, once you get the answer, the right answer, we should just make it public so everybody can use it like a business card. I think um, people think I make cartoons. That's pretty solid. I mean, that's not. That's not. It's not out of the. That's like pretty true, though. Yeah. 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 I couldn't even. I couldn't even begin to explain. 
I think they're just like, I think whatever I tell them, they kind of don't believe it. <laughs> it's like, because there's no evidence unless they take like a second to sit down and actually watch it. But even after they watch it, they're like, okay, so uh, is it after this ad? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's, uh, no, 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 no. It's in there. <laughs> I had a friend once who, uh, he, he's like, does music stuff and we were like, trying to look up a YouTube video and some ad popped up and he was just like, Oh, I'm so sick of this stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I made that. <laughs> yeah, I made that. I've had that experience. Oh no. Uh, That's amazing. I think, yeah. Cartoons. All right. Last question. What animal did you choose for your animal later and why? Uh, we've been going with kangaroo. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Because there was a news story recently about some guy walking a kangaroo around what? Detroit. <laughs> no way. Yeah. But he's like, he's kind of running with it because it's too fast for him. <laughs> That's amazing. It's just like a bad Snapchat video and someone's like, oh my God, is that a kangaroo? And you're like, oh my gosh, I know what neighborhood that is. That's weird. Why does that guy have that? It, it, it kind of sums up Detroit in a weird way where it's like, you know, this weird little event that's happening anywhere around the town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. Well, Nick, Ian, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Animalators is created by the team at IV, recorded in the Weld Nashville studio, and produced by Chad Michael Snavely. To learn more, visit weld.co and chadmichael.com. To keep up with the work we're doing at IV, visit iv.studio or follow us on Twitter at Identity Visuals. You can also follow Animalators on Twitter at Animalators to keep up with all of the new episodes. And be sure to check out animalators.com to see every animation from all of our guests. You can find out more about Gunner and their work on their website, gunner.work, or you can follow them on Twitter or Instagram at Gunner Animation. Our theme music is composed by Cody Fry. You can check out more of his music at CodyFry.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and that helps more people find this show. As we continue to grow the show, we are now looking for potential partners who might be interested in sponsoring the show. If you have any interest in advertising on Animalators, please reach out and send an email to Alyssa at IdentityVisuals.com. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A at IdentityVisuals.com. Well, that's it for today's episode. Be sure and join us next time for another episode of Animalators. Curious conversations from the world of animation. <laughs>